Today we're looking in the book of Mark chapter 5. The book of Mark chapter number 5. Mark chapter number 5, we're going to begin reading with verse number 21 this morning. You ready? The Bible says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, and she, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Look down at verse 35. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. He permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, saw a tumult, and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked. She was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it, and said that something should be given her to eat. On this Father's Day today, I'm using for my subject, talking for a little while this morning about a real man. A real man. Father, I just thank you today. First of all, I thank you for my heavenly Father today. Thank you that you are my Father. I honor my my own Father, my earthly Father today. Thank you for his life. and, And Father, thank you for the lessons that he taught me and the things that I learned from watching. Thank you for every father that is in this house today. What an awesome and incredible privilege and opportunity that it is, but also unbelievable responsibility to be a father. God, I believe there are some real men in this house today. but I believe there are a few today also, Lord, that today is going to be the day when they make that step forward and and become a real man and, and be the man that you have called them to be. Let your anointing rest upon the message, upon the messenger, Lord, today. All for the glory of God, we pray in the name of Jesus. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. May I suggest to you today that being a real man has nothing to do with spitting and scratching and uh, how many muscles uh, uh, that you might have. 
Jairus in our story today, I believe, gives us a little glimpse into the life of a real man. I believe that Jairus was a real, live hero. There are at least three things that that this man, this husband, this father did that makes me believe and makes me think of him as a real man. The first one is, is that is that he had his priorities in order. Uh, this man, Jairus, had his priorities in order. Th- this, this man seemed to understand what was really important in life. And he didn't allow his culture, he did not allow his society to, to distract him and confuse him as to what true value is in life. Let let me suggest, first of all, that he was a man of faith. A man of faith. Now, now Jairus was a presiding elder of the synagogue. Now, his position suggests that he was highly esteemed in the eyes of his peers. Now, Now, he was not a teacher. He was not a preacher His position was more of an administrative position. Now, only a man of integrity, only a man of respect, only a dependable man should hold the position that he held in the house of the Lord. And evidently, Jairus was such a man as this. And evidently his peers and his superiors recognized him as such a man. Jairus was a man of faith. Let me ask you today, sir, are you known as a man of faith? Now, Jairus was faithful to the synagogue. He was faithful to the house of God. Let me ask you, sir, are you are you faithful to the house of God or do you only come to church when it is convenient? As long as it doesn't interfere with your golf, as long as it doesn't interfere with your fishing, as long as it doesn't interfere with your ball games, as long as it does, as long as it is convenient, you'll come to the house of God. To me, Jairus was a real man because he had his priorities in order. First of all, a man of faith. But he wasn't just a man of faith in God's house. He was a man of faith in his house. The Bible says that Jairus brought Jesus home with him. See, see, there are a host of men who go to church, but they never take Jesus home with them. Oh, oh, they come to church. Oh, they play the part. Oh, they do the song and the dance. And yet they leave Jesus at the church. And they never take Jesus home with them. They wonder why their home is all messed up. Oh, they wonder why there are so many problems in their home. Listen, friend. Listen, real men take Jesus home with them. Real men understand that Jesus is the answer to the problems that plague their home. Real men kick the devil out of their house and invite Jesus in to their house. Remember the plagues that God brought 
on Egypt in the Old Testament. How many remember those? Now, the last plague was the death of every firstborn son. The Bible says that an angel of death was appointed to pass over every single house in Egypt and kill every single firstborn son. That was the assignment. The only protection for these firstborn sons was if the blood of a spotless lamb, that blood was sprinkled over the doorpost of the house. The Bible says that if the death angel saw the blood of that spotless lamb sprinkled over the doorpost of that child's house, the angel would pass over the house. The blood of the lamb would protect the child and the life of the child would be spared. Here's what I want you to get this morning. It was the responsibility of the father. Are you with me this morning? It was the responsibility of the father to find a spotless lamb, to kill this spotless lamb and to take the blood of this spotless lamb and to place it, sprinkle it over the doorpost of his house. The safety of the family, the salvation of the firstborn son, whether the family would be rejoicing the following morning or whether they would be mourning their dead was all in the hands of the father. I suggest to you this morning that the death angel is still passing through our world today. John 10 and 10 says the thief or the devil comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. May I suggest to you today that Satan is coming into the houses of far too many of our families today. He comes in through television. He comes in through drugs and alcohol. He comes in through pornography. He comes in through premarital and extramarital sex. People allow the devil into their homes through the unhealthy and ungodly relationships of their children's friends. Or the unhealthy and ungodly relationships of their own. I want you to notice what happened to Jairus' house. Jairus brought Jesus home with him. And the Bible says that when Jesus went into Jairus' home, he threw others out. The Bible says that Jesus cleared all of the doubt and all of the unbelief out of the house of Jairus. You see, Jesus knew that the only way a miracle could take place in in the home of Jairus was if he first cleared his house of all doubt and all unbelief. I don't know, but perhaps, sir, perhaps the reason why you can't seem to get a miracle at your house is because it is filled with doubt and it is filled with unbelief. Perhaps the reason God is not showing up in your house, friend, maybe there are some things in your house that do not belong in your house. Maybe there are some things in your house, amen, that cannot cohabit with God. Maybe the truth of the matter is you're going to have to kick some things out before Jesus is willing to come in. Perhaps your house is so filled with the world and all of the trappings of the world that Jesus is not comfortable to live at your house. 
You see, it's the, it is the responsibility of the Father to cover His house in the blood of the spotless Lamb, Jesus. It's the responsibility of the Father to kick the devil out of His house and invite Jesus into His house. So how about it, dads? Are you up for the challenge? Are you ready this morning to step up your game How are your priorities? Are you a man of faith? Are you known to be a man of faith? Do you take Jesus home with you or do you leave him at church? Let me tell you that I take my responsibilities as a father and as a pawpaw very seriously. I pray for my family nearly every single day. I call my kids' names individually out in prayer and pray individually for my children almost every day. And their spouses too. One of them I have to pray a lot for, man. And I call my grandkids, I call their names out in prayer and pray for them nearly every single day. One by one by one, I call their names in prayer. And I pray a hedge of protection around them. And I plead the blood of Jesus over them daily, daily, daily. I place the blood of the spotless lamb over the doorpost of my home through prayer. You see, the devil can't have my kids. And the devil can't have my kids' spouses. And the devil can't have my grandkids. I've claimed them for God. And so I pray daily for them. Listen, I pray daily for the future spouses of my grandgirls. I mean, my youngest is two. And I'm already praying nearly every day. Papa prays for her. Prays for her future husband nearly every single day. I pray for the future husbands of my grandgirls. I pray that these young men, I pray specifically, I pray that these young men will be men of integrity. I only want men of integrity in my house. And so I pray nearly every day that my future, the future spouses of my grandgirls will be men of integrity. And I pray nearly every day for those grandgirls that their, that their future spouses will, will love them unconditionally. Amen. And then I pray that these young men will serve God with them passionately. I don't want no in and out and up and down and maybe and not. No, no. I want young men that are going to love them unconditionally and be passionate about their God. I pray that these will be young men that makes lots of money <laughs> so they can take Paul to golf at the country club. <laughs> just, just kidding about that. Maybe I need to add that. Amen. Jairus in our story today was a real man. He was a real man because because he had his priorities straight. He was a man of faith. But not only was he a man of faith, he was also a man of family. 
man of family. How do I know he was a man of family? Well, first of all, because he knew what was going on. He knew what was going on in his house. His daughter was sick and he was well aware of it. Hey, dads, do you know what's going on in your house? Do you really know what's going on in your house? Do you know your kids? Do you really know them? Do you know what they like and what they don't like? Do you know what their hopes and their dreams and their aspirations are? Do you know what makes them happy and what makes them sad? Do you know what their strengths are as well as their weaknesses? Because you see, they are looking to you for wisdom and they are looking to you for for direction. How in the world can you give it to them if you really don't know them? Jairus knew what was going on in his house. I think it's interesting also that he didn't expect his wife to fix the problem. Notice Jairus didn't send his wife to go get Jesus. He didn't expect his wife to take care of their daughter all by herself. For far too many men, their attitude toward their wife is this. I'll provide our living, you provide our life. But friend, real men take responsibility in the home. Real men understand that their role in the home is not not merely the role of provider and breadwinner. I'm preaching a whole lot better than you're amening today. I just know that. Hey, hey, let me me inform you. Real men do dishes. Just check out my dishpan hand. Real men do dishes. Real men vacuum the floor. Real men help their wife around the house. Now that being said, if the wife and the mother of the home doesn't work outside the home, she should do the majority of the housework. I didn't know how that was going to go over, but it went over pretty good. I see one young man that's in trouble. You see, marriage and family is a partnership, and, every, and each partner should make their contribution to the family, including the kids. The kids, even when they are toddlers, are not too little to be told and taught how to pick up their toys. Oh, I know you can pick it up ten times Faster than they can. I know that it's hard. But listen, 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 listen. At the earliest of age, you need to teach them that, oh, there are some privileges of being in your family, but there are also some responsibilities being a part of your family. Third thing about Jairus here, he would go to any lengths to help his family. You see, real men will place the needs of his family ahead of his own. Real men will place the happiness and the security of his family ahead of his own. 
Jairus was a, was a real man in my eyes because he, because he had his priorities in order. He was a man of faith, but he was also a man of family. Notice something else about him that makes him a real man in my eyes, and that is he laid aside his pride. He laid aside his pride. See, men are programmed for pride. Men are taught from childhood that big boys don't cry. May I suggest to you the opposite of that is true? May I suggest to you that it takes a real man to cry. I'm not talking about being a big baby. Some of our men are that. It's not what I'm talking about. But it takes a real man, a man that is secure in his manhood to open up and share his heart and allow the tears to flow from his eyes. Jairus was a real man in my eyes because he laid aside his pride. He did it publicly. Publicly, verse 22 and 23, when Jairus saw Jesus, notice the Bible said that when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly to come to his house and heal his daughter. Now, Jairus was a leader in the community. He held a prestigious position in the synagogue, and yet he he laid aside his pride, and he humbled himself before Jesus. No doubt in my mind that there there were tears in the eyes of Jairus as he fell at the feet of Jesus, and as he begged, and as he pleaded, and as he cried out, and as he reached out to Jesus to come to his house and heal his baby girl. The Bible says there were a multitude of people there that day. Jairus, because of the position that he held, was well known. Most of the people in the crowd that day knew who he was, and they saw how he was acting. He didn't care. He didn't care. He laid aside his pride, and he publicly cried out to Jesus. How about you, sir? How about you, sir? Are you too proud to seek out Jesus? Are you too proud to cry to Jesus for help? Oh, oh, you would get saved. Oh, oh, you know you should get saved. Oh, you even want to get saved. But there's that pride issue. Uh, Oh, you would seek out God for help. Uh, Oh, with that addiction, you would seek out God for help. Oh, with that marriage or, 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 or for help with that family, you know that you should. You even want to. There's that pride again. Oh, oh, you would enter into worship. Oh, oh, you would raise your hands and you would sing and you would clap and you would kneel. Oh, oh, you would. Oh, you know you should. Oh, you even want to. But there it goes again, that pride issue. Not only did Jairus lay aside his pride publicly, but also privately. You see, bringing Jesus home with him was a big deal. We just read it and don't think anything about it, but it was a big deal that day. See, Jesus was very controversial in his day, especially to the religious world. 
It was the religious crowd that fought against Jesus. Jairus faced losing some popularity with the people if he brought Jesus into his home. But Jairus laid aside his pride and he brought Jesus into his home. How about it, sir? How about it, sir? Are you willing to lay aside your pride and seek out Jesus? Are you willing to admit that that you need help and that you can't solve all of life's problems all by yourself? Or or are you so full of pride that you'll continue to lie to yourself and to everybody around you and keep telling yourself and telling others that you can handle all your problems all by yourself and things aren't really as bad as they appear? Never forget in the testimony of Richard Bolte, the end of his testimony, he talks about finding himself in a jail cell. And his brother comes to visit him in jail. And while his brother is visiting him in jail, the chaplain comes in. And the chaplain asked the Bolte brothers, Is there anything I can help you with? And Richard said that his brother said to the chaplain, We don't need any help. Richard said, I looked over to my brother and I said, I'm fixing to go to prison for 20 years for armed robbery. You're a drunk! And we don't need any help. Let me ask you today, are you man enough today? Are you a real man? And you're man enough to man up and say, Hey, everything's not right in my life. Everything's not perfect in my life. Everything's not smooth sailing in my life. Are you man enough to step up and say, You know what? I need Jesus to help me today. Jairus was a real man in my eyes because he had his priorities in order. Because he laid aside his pride. Number three, this morning he was a man in my eyes because he persisted in spite of the obstacles. You see, real men don't quit on their families if they have a choice. I understand sometimes you don't have one. Real men persist and they persevere and they push through the most difficult of circumstances and situations in order to provide and in order to protect their families. Now, now Jairus had at least three opportunities to give up. He had at least three opportunities to give in. The first one was the interruption. We didn't read about it. I saved us some time by not reading about it, but from the what we read at the first and what we read at the last, there's a story tucked in the middle there. That is the interruption. You see, soon after Jairus had convinced Jesus to come home with him and heal his daughter, along the way they are interrupted by the woman with the issue of blood that was seeking the Lord's help herself. 
This interruption, this delay, oh, it could cause Jesus to not get to Jairus' house before Jairus' daughter died. Wow! Now that would be hard to handle. That would be hard to press through. I don't know how long it took. I don't know how long the delay was. But there was a delay. Jairus could have given up somewhere in the middle of that didn't notice the second one that is the information they haven't even gotten beyond the interruption when they now receive the information verse 35 while Jesus was still speaking some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house from Jairus's house who said to Jairus your daughter is dead so why trouble the teacher any further now in the natural the very reason for Jesus coming to Jairus' house is now canceled. Because he's taken Jesus to his house so that Jesus can heal his daughter so his daughter will not die. But now he gets the report, he gets the information that his daughter is, is dead. So really there's no reason for Jesus to come anymore. The people say it's too late. The people say not even Jesus can help you now. Jesus said to Jairus, don't fear, don't worry, it's going to be all right. Just believe. Okay, Jesus, easier said than done. I've been frantic to find you. I finally find you. And I convince you to come to my house. And you're on my way, on your way, and we're on our way to my house. And I know when we get to my house, you're going to heal my daughter. And it's going to be great. Here comes that woman. She interrupts me and interrupts you and delays. And now, because of the delay, because... I couldn't get you there in time. Now I get the report. Now I get the information that my daughter is no longer alive, but now she's dead. And you tell me it's going to be okay. Who would Jairus listen to? Would he listen to the people that says it's too late? Your daughter's dead. Not even Jesus can help you now. Or would he listen to Jesus? We said, it's okay. Just believe. It's going to be all right. Well, Jairus chose to believe Jesus. Oh, he persisted in spite of the interruption and in spite of the information and in spite of the irritation. When Jesus and Jairus finally got to his house, the mourners, the mourners were already weeping and wailing. And the people ridiculed Jesus when he tells them that everything's going to be all right. She's not really dead. She's just asleep. No doubt some of his very own friends and some of his very own family were a part of the ridicule. 
But Jairus persisted. Uh, He pushed through the irritation, uh, still trusting, still believing, still hoping for a miracle for his little girl. And Jairus' faith was rewarded. Verse 41, Jesus took the child by the hand and said to her, Arise. And immediately the little girl arose and walked. Oh, how about, how about you, sir? How about you today? How bad do you want a godly home? How bad do you want Jesus in your house? How serious are you about taking Jesus home with you? Are there some things that must be thrown out of your house before Jesus is willing to come into your house? Because before Jesus went into the house of Jairus, first he threw some things out. And sometimes some things have to go out before Jesus can come in. And I don't know what it is this morning that is in your life. I don't know what it is that is in your house today. But whatever it is this morning, God is not comfortable. Jesus is not comfortable to come in your house. He's not comfortable to abide by your, in your house. I mean, he's not comfortable to live in your house. You need to identify that today and kick it out so that Jesus can come in. And may I pound this home with you today, dads. May I pound this home just as the fathers in the Old Testament were responsible for finding a spotless lamb, killing the lamb, and putting the blood of the lamb over the doorpost of their house. It was a father's responsibility. And only if the father did that would the death angel pass over and not kill the son. You're responsible, daddy. You're responsible not just to make a living. You're also responsible for making sure the blood of the spotless lamb of the Lord Jesus Christ has been sprinkled over the doorpost of your house. How many of you dads are willing to say today, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. The worship team could get back in place very, very quickly and very, very quiet. Let me say it again this morning, be a, being a real man has nothing to do with spitting, scratching, and how many muscles you have. It's not how stiff you can take your drink. It's not how macho you can be. Many stereotypes of what a real man looks like and acts like today. In my opinion, this man Jairus in our story is a good picture of what a real man looks like because he had his priorities in order. He laid aside his pride and he persisted in spite of the obstacles. Father, I just pray today. Please stay with me today. I've got something to do even after the altar. I have one more order of business, so please don't leave this morning. I need everybody to stay with me. Father, I just pray today that you will take the word of the Lord this morning. Lord, not my little sermon today, but the, but the word of God today. 
God, I pray that we as men will step up to the plate and we this morning as men will accept the challenge to be real men. Men that love our God and love our families. Men that serve our God and serve our families. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are are closed today all over this room. I wonder if there might be one or if there might be several here today. You might be a man. You might be a boy. You might be a a female here this morning. This is for everybody. But you're here this morning and you, you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you were to die before the sun sets today, you're not 100% sure you would go to heaven or you'd go to hell. But today you want to lay aside your pride and you want to cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior. If that's you in this room, would you lift your hand up really high? Let me just recognize you've lifted your hand today. I want to lay aside my pride today and I want to call out to Jesus Christ to be my my personal Lord and Savior. Anyone in this room? God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. You can put your hand down now. All right, one in the back, I see. God bless you. You can put your hand down. I think I saw a hand. Maybe I didn't. It's kind of dark. Anyone else this morning? Anyone else today? Anyone else today? God bless you in the back. Thank you. God bless you. Anyone else this morning? Lift it up really high. Maybe wave it around a little bit. Make sure that I see it. Anybody that falls on a step doesn't see well either. Anyone else in this room today? Two at least, maybe three have lifted their hand. I'm not 100% sure about my salvation. I want to be 100% sure today. All over this room. Can you lift your hand? Anyone else in this room? All right, there were three that lifted your hand. I'm going to ask you to be bold enough this morning to come and stand at the front this morning and just let us lead you to Christ today. Would you come? Come on, sweetheart. You lifted your hand first. Come on, sweetie. It's okay. Come on. Come on. Yeah, come on. They're going to cheer you on. Come on. In the back. Come on. Come on. Yes, thank you. Come on, sweetheart. Come on. Hey, there's one. Yeah, we got them coming now. Come on. Thank you, sweetheart. Yes. God bless you. Yes. Amen. Come on. Keep cheering. Come on. Keep cheering. Yeah. Some more are going to come. Some more are going to I think there was one more. I'm not sure. Amen. Heads are still bowed, your eyes are still closed. Please stay with me this morning.
How many of you men this morning, you, you have a desire to be a real man? Not by the world's standards, but by God's standards. It's your desire to be a real man, and you want to you, you step up to the plate this morning. If that's you this morning, I want you just to stand right where you're at. I want you to stand right where you're at. Thank you, man. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Doesn't mean you're not. Doesn't mean you're not. If you already are, that's great. Don't worry about that. Just be that's who I want to be. That's who I want to be. That's who I want to be. Wow, this is awesome. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Dad. Awesome. Right, your heads are still bowed and your eyes are still closed. Nobody's looking right now. Nobody's looking right now. How many of you men this morning would say, Pastor, nobody's looking. Get those eyes shut. I can't see much, but I can sure see eyes when it's dark. How many of you men would lift your hand, be bold enough to lift your hand and say, there's some things in my house. That needs to go. I need to throw some things out of my house so Jesus will be more comfortable in my house. Can can you just lift your hand if that's you this morning? God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you this morning. Hands everywhere. Everywhere. Father, I just pray today, Lord, first of all, for these, Lord, that are coming to know you as Lord and Savior of their life. Lord, I just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that uh, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that, that they will receive you as Lord and Savior of their life today. Lord, let the peace of God rule in their heart and their life, Lord. Wash them in, in your blood. Wash their sins. Wash them white as snow. Cleanse them and make them righteous in your sight. Help them to live for you and serve you all the days of their life, Father, for your glory, I pray. Father, in the precious name. Jesus. God, I pray for these men that have stood today saying that they want to become a real man, that they want to step it up. They want to step up their game, and especially at home, they want to step up their game, and they want to be the leader of their home and the leader of their house, and they're going to place the blood over the doorpost. They're going to cover their family daily in prayer in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they are going to step it up and be a real man, not what the world says a real man is, but what you say a man, a real man And God, for these men that were bold enough to lift their hands and say that they needed to throw some things out of their house and some things out of their life so that you can be more comfortable, Lord, and more welcome in their home, God, help them, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you will help them today. And God, I pray for every every man here today and especially every father here today. God, I pray that they will not leave Jesus at the house of God today. They won't leave Jesus at at the church today. But they'll take the Jesus of church and take the Jesus of church into their home. They'll take Jesus home with them today. Their home will be much different from this day forward as they bring Jesus home with them today. Father, in Jesus, and God, I just pray for every father here today. What an awesome opportunity. What an awesome privilege it is to be a father. But what an incredible responsibility it is. Lord, the blood of our children are upon our hands. 
God, I know we cannot make their final choice for them, but Lord, we can, we, we can make it so very hard for them to choose anything other than the God of their Father. God, help us to be that example. God, help us to be that godly influence. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.